0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the JRPG Report. This is episode 104. My name is James Fisher, and I'm back with you after about a week and a half off from our last podcast as I was out of town and on vacation. And, man, I thought about doing a podcast, but just... Couldn't find the time. Uh, there was uh, lots of pool time and uh, ran down to the beach and all that fun stuff. I didn't want to really take away from too much. So uh, the side effect of that is we have a giant podcast for you guys today. I'm even contemplating the idea of of having two little uh, breaks in it as I think this will be pushing uh, a bit long. We'll just have to see how that goes. And before you start screaming like James, dude, why would you go on vacation, uh, (laughs) with things the way that they are? Just keep in mind, we booked this thing a long time ago. It was paid for and my, uh, penny pinching Uh, mentality and desire to go on vacation overrode any public health concerns that may have been out there. It was paid for. We were going. And to be quite honest, the location that we went to was on a private beach island with restricted access and it was a thousand times safer there than any populated uh city that I could have went to, in particular when we were on the beach uh you You couldn't even uh throw a baseball and hit the next person next to you It was very uh, I kind of feel like it was as safe as possibly could be, but anyway uh I got an awesome podcast for you guys today. We do have uh, some coronavirus-related news. I will try to keep that to a minimum, but it does affect things, so we do have to talk about it. But uh, we got, obviously, uh, Remake is in the news. Royal is uh, a mere 10 days away from release. And uh, at some point, fairly soon, we're going to talk about the Trials of Mana demo that came out, and I got a chance to dig around with it the past couple nights. I'm still not even done with it, so this is still not a complete impression of the entire demo, but um, we will get into that, and many, many more stories. I think I counted 25 at last count, so we will get into all that but thank you so much for tuning in yet again to your weekly jrpg podcast as i mentioned this is episode 104 and the first thing i want to go ahead and get out of the way and this is nothing final i want to kind of stress that more than anything this is just kind of the reality of the situation that may be uh, square enix has definitely taken to uh, social media and is informing users of the quote increasingly likely in quote shortage for the physical edition of ff7 remake uh, here's the small quote from it uh, with unforeseeable changes in the distribution and retail landscape which varies across countries is increasingly likely that some of you will not get a hold of the copy of the game on the release date. We are monitoring the situation on a daily basis and working with our partners, retailers and Square Enix teams across Europe and the Americas to do everything we can to ensure as many possibly can play the game on April 10th. Obviously the digital edition is unaffected and no matter what the game is coming out worldwide on April 10th, they have, stress that completely. There is no delay of the actual release date. And this completely depends on where you are, um, your access to, um, stores, (laughs) your, um, if you're getting it shipped to you, those capacities as well. And to be honest, things could completely change in that timeframe of, What, three weeks from now? So, here's what I do know. And this has changed since the beginning. A few days ago, I did get an email saying that my limited edition copy of the game um, could not be guaranteed to be delivered on April 10th. Um, That was, that they had no turntable. Actually, this is for Jordan's copy of it. So, I've emailed him already and let him know what was going on that Amazon has said that for they set that up. Now I went ahead and finally pre-ordered mine as well, actually yesterday. And as of right now, I've not gotten that email. And when I went to pre-order it, I did not see any sort of message that it would not be delivered on the 10th. Now this could even be a state by state, um, issue, as well as I'm getting it through Amazon we're we're not as affected here in northeast tennessee as you may be in a major metropolis i can't i can't tell you if you're going to get your copy or not i can't tell if i'm going to get mine or not as uh, amazon has kind of uh, at least at this point gone to non to uh, you know has delayed non essential shipments. Um, the world could be a lot different by April 10th. And that is what I am hoping and praying that things will calm down and that life can start to return to normal. So let's just get that out of the way. If I hear anything more, I will certainly pass along to you guys. And hopefully what I hear next will be more along the good news side of things. Had two other stories as far as remake goes. Um, Square Enix did release their uh, Inside Final Fantasy VII Remake Episode One. This is a video series, the first in a multi-part series, with interviews with key staff behind the game. Now we've seen, and plenty of interviews from uh, various sources on multiple members of the development team, and this is Square Enix's version of them. So this first episode is out now, and it is featuring interviews with producer uh, Yushinori Kasase, director and concept designer Tetsuya Norma, uh, story and scenario writer uh, Nojama, and co-director Hachiguchi, as well as co-director Toriyama. So this is going to have uh, five of the key players involved in it. And maybe they're talking about one certain aspect of it. And we'll see many more of these come down the, the way. If you'd like to get the link to this story and see those videos, you can do that over on the Facebook page for JRPG Report. Um, there was also, not to be outdone... <laughs> I've got the link if you would like to watch some of the Japanese commercials for the game. Uh, there was two new ones titled "Battle" and "Story." Kind of taking a closer look at it, and then there are three live-action uh, commercials. Uh, we've seen a few of these in the past out of Japan. Well, there's uh, that you can check those out. Link, of course on Facebook. You kind of know what you're uh, getting into with these. I haven't heard of an English commercial, at least not yet. I am sure it is coming as the uh, the Blitz has started early and often for this game. Uh, Square Earnings, not to be outdone with just those promotions, uh, did have a new media blast with screenshots um, really focusing on, on the Wall Street section of the game, in addition to um, highlighting the Turks' leader, Singh. Um, He is the leader of the Turks. His description goes as follows. The Turks are a small elite organization with Shinra that does everything the company needs it to be, be it scouting out candidates for soldier, protecting VIPs, or even assassination. Your cool-headed leader has a knack for managing his eccentric subordinates. He's an old acquaintance of Verus. has been keeping watch over here since moving to the slums. We get a good picture and description for Don Cornolio. This lecherous scumbag is the true ruler of Wall Market. Did I call it Wall Street before? <laughs> It's kind of hard not to talk about Wall Street during these times. Wall Market. He hosts nightly auditions for the, quote, next Miss Cornolio. And although his mouth is as foul as his face, he has an uncanny way with people. Even the dregs of society are securely under his thumb. We get uh, an introduction to uh, Andrea Rodia. The owner of and dancer at the Honey Bee Inn is a man of influence within the quarter, With the authority to approve women for Cornelio's auditions, each night he dazzles his crowd with performances that defy description. Always seeking perfection, he righteously trains both his mind and body. Uh, We get a description for Leslie Kyle. He is Don Cornelio's lackey. He may look young, but he has the heart of an old crumunjan. His dead-eyed stare and general apathy have earned him pride, him, pride of place among the Don's men's. And uh, we get to talk about Madame M. She is the proprietress of the hand massage parlor in Walmarket. Like Andrea, she has a great deal of influence within the quarter. That includes the authority to approve men, to approve women for. Cornelio's auditions. Be warned, she's the prideful sort and only as courteous as her customers are deep pocketed. And we get to meet Chocobo Sam, a Chocobo hauler in Walmart. Chocobo Sam is another prominent figure with the authority to approve women for the Dom's auditions. He runs a delivery service called Sam's Delivery. He also happens to be an avid gambler, though he's hooked on more than the Rush than any money he may win. There is a battle introduction to Barrett. Uh, They say his gun makes for an ideal long-ranged fighter. Push the square button and Barrett will fire a volley from his machine gun. You can also hold down the button for an extended salvo. His unique abilities, if you press the triangle button, you can use Barrett's overcharge attack. Not only is it more powerful than standard shots, it also fills a large portion of his ATB gauge. Bear in mind, once used, it takes a long time to recharge his attack, but you can speed up the reload process by pressing triangle again. When he fills his ATB gauge, one of his special abilities can be used. Here's just a couple of things he can do. You can use the old focus shot. This ability uses up all available ATB charges to live a powerful attack. Not only does it... do. Will it do good damage? But it also fill up the enemy stagger gauge. Get that to the max, and they'll be susceptible to even more damage. He has LifeSaver. This ability definitely lives up to its name. After activating it, Barrett will share some of his HP with allies when they take damage. They talk about the enemy skill materia as well. Equipping these orbs allow you to use magic, special abilities, and more. Of course, that comes from all the enemies that you run into. Some of the more powerful skills in Final Fantasy VII can be made this way. Uh, they do talk about Wall Market in particular. Built on the ruins of the collapsed 6 Sector 8 Sector 6 plate, Wall Market is Megar's biggest and most infamous in, entertainment quarter. It's run by the non and is almost entirely free of Shinra's influence. It's an incredibly lively area that offers plenty of, let's say, intriguing ways to pass lonely nights. And I, I don't recall this from the game. It's been a while since I played. But they talk about the uh, Conorio Coliseum, located beneath the bustling streets of Wall Market. The Conorio Coliseum gives brave fighters the chance to engage in brutal battles against man. And monster. Winners of the Coliseum receive glory, fame, and a substantial reward. In the screenshot, it shows uh, Cloud and Earth facing off against a goon and, um, well, some sort of dog like monster. It's hard to tell really what it is. They even talk about the old Honeybee Inn. Situated in Walmarket. the Honeybee Inn is the area's premier nightclub and offers nights that few will ever forget as its staff frequently reminds its patrons. Every night, audiences are dazzled by the Honeybee Inn's gorgeous cast of honey girls and boys. This unique venue offers private rooms for even more discerning customers, allowing them to enjoy time in private with the performers of their choice. It'll be really interesting to see how they handle this whole section of the game and uh, how mature they want to go on to it. They say at one point the story, Tifa... And Aerith glam themselves up to infiltrate Don Corneal's mansion. Cloud is left with no choice but to dress to impress as well. They say each character has multiple costumes, too. That's interesting. I haven't heard that one necessarily before. So I don't know if they're just talking about wall, uh, Cloud's different choices or the girls as well. Um, they detail the beginner's hall back in Sector 7, which, of course, is the location we can learn the basics. Of weapon enhancement With the weapon shop On the ground floor A new feature they talk about is the jukebox While you wander around town You may come across areas playing special music You can get these songs as music discs From shops or citizens When you acquire a disc An icon will appear in the top left Of the screen And once collected you can play the disc on any jukebox Like the one found in Tifa's Bar 7th Heaven Lastly, they talk about summons and this one, Leviathan. They're a particularly powerful type of material, of course. Equipped one to a character, and they'll be able to bring a powerful ally into battle. They say that uh, Leviathan was worshipped as a deity in the Wutai region. This non-elemental summon takes the form of a water serpent. Leviathan evokes a savage beauty as it rises from the briny depths, turning tidal waves that wash foes away. So that's a, We <laughs> um, don't get it every single week, but we do oftentimes get something involving uh, Final Fantasy III Remake. And that is it. The next game up on many a JRPG gamers list of upcoming titles is Persona 5 Royal. And uh, as of this recording, it's just 10 days away. On March 31st, I know many of you are pumped about this one myself. Included, we got a new, uh, right about a minute long trailer for the game called Change the World. Um, nothing new going to be shown in this one, of course. It's kind of just a, uh, a hype trailer for it. Um, certainly something to get excited about. I have kind of made the decision that I'm going to hold off just a little while on this one. Um, Like many of you, uh, things have changed in the world here recently. Money is a bit tighter than it was before. And uh, we're just kind of tightening down the screws on things a little bit. I would not have been able to play the game all the way through. Uh, with Remake coming out so soon. So what I'm kind of planning is. I'll just. Uh, take take a few funds. After I get done with Remake. And then pick up Royal. And. Uh, that's kind of my plan of action. Just There's only so much money. For so many things. And uh, I haven't actually heard. If Royal's distribution. Is going to be affected as all. So. I would think by now we would have heard something. So, um, unless you get a specific email from the company that you're getting from, I I would anticipate everything is just fine as far as Persona 5 Royal coming out is concerned. You can check that trailer out if you'd like along with everything that we talk about today, all the stories, all the images all over, and even some of the discussions over on our Facebook page. You can also follow us on Twitter. I repost a lot of cool things or retweet, I guess is the proper term. A lot of cool things over there, including all these stories. And then some other ones from some of the people that I follow around the industry. Um, we're not doing anything at the moment, but, um, I will have, uh, some live streams up on our, uh, YouTube page. And in fact, I will be. I'm going to start it over and and start restreaming the the demo for Trials of Mana, as well. Maybe get into some of the different characters. We'll talk about that a bit later. Don't forget we have a website, jrpgreport.com, as well. And uh, if you are so inclined to sign up for listener support, you can do so via the link at the bottom of the show. An interesting upcoming event. On March the 29th is going to be um, three live streams kind of in a row for NEAR. This is celebrating the 10th anniversary and they are saying this is going to start at on March the 29th at 2359 Japan Central Time and it will be a 10-hour live stream. Uh, you can find the links on this report on Facebook as well. So here are the three broadcasts. It's a Near Theatrical Orchestra 12020. Zero, zero. This is a Tokyo performance and it is paid. As is this one, the Stage Play Yorha version 1.3 AA. It is paid as well. So you have to pay in order to access those two events. Finally, the forced talk show for the near near 10th anniversary orchestra concert, stage play and talk show broadcast. Those are free. Interesting that they would do things as um paid broadcast. You will require it will require users to purchase a paid net ticket to watch these events. I will keep you posted on any news that comes out of this as to whether we're going to get some sort of um, 10th anniversary edition the original near or, and, and or, um, news on a new title coming out here soon. As I would imagine, there has to be something in the works, but we've not heard anything just yet. Monster Hunter world. Iceborne has now passed 5 million in sales for both, uh, uh, physical and digital sales. um, That's pretty cool. Obviously, total physical shipments for Monster Hunter World has surpassed fifteen million as of back in January. Cumulative sales for the entire series are now sixty-two million. The game has been successful, to say the least. And uh, this one just came out today. That there is a expansion title update four. There's a new trailer for it, which will launch in May and adds the new, new huntable monster Atreon, And it also details the upcoming March 23rd due title update 3. You can see that link over on Facebook if you would like to check out that trailer and all the upcoming things for Monster Hunter World x a A story that um, I wish was something I we could talk about here, but this is for the West only as it has always been for the West only, um, Dragon Quest will, re- or Square Enix will release Dragon Quest X, the quote unquote all in one package, which features versions one till two five of the MMORPG for PlayStation four switch and PC coming up on May the 14th. So you're getting all five versions of the game of the online RPG that has never been released in the West. And at this point, I'd have to assume it's never going to be released in the West, sadly enough. Apparently there are ways to play this if you, I guess, know Japanese and know your way around these things. That's not me. (laughs) I wish it was. But I'm kind of giving up on this one. Seems like a good time to take a quick break. We'll have a word from our sponsor, Anchor, and be right back with more of Episode 104, the JRPG Report. All right, guys, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in this week and every week for your JRPG news. Uh, We've been talking about Genshin Impact quite a bit here lately. We've got three new characters to talk about, but uh, if you were so uh, selected... For the closed beta test. It began a couple days ago on March the 19th. Uh, you would have been notified by email. And assuming you have, have those. You would have been playing it for a couple days. Uh, did not get selected. So hopefully I may get around on the next series of them. Promising looking game to see the least. Of course there was a um, a new little mini trailer that came out. Along with the game and that closed beta impact, closed beta for Genshin Impact, they also released the opening movie, which is um, to a T like every anime RPG mobile type game ever created with um, uh, powerful good versus evil. evil wins and now good has to <laughs> pick up the pieces and and carry on type of deal it's it's not very long i, I want to say it's less than a minute but uh it's very ambiguous like you're not going to know anything that's going on like oh this is the beginning of the game or is it the end of the game or is it the flashback or is this what happens, and now we've got to pick up the pieces. You just have no clue. Anyway, there are three new characters that they talked about. The first is Noelle, and um, this is one of Monastat's young people. She, she, like most young people, always dreamed of being a knight of Favonius when she grew up. Well, she may not have, may not have what it takes to be a knight just yet, but she's learning. Working as a maid at the knights' headquarters, she is constantly taking notes on what constitutes knightly speech, knightly conduct, and customs. She holds firm to the belief that one day she will join their ranks. She just needs to keep trying her hardest at everything she does. Um, kind of gives off a bit of a Sharon uh, feel in in some aspects. Not quite dressed. She definitely looks like what a maid crossed with a knight would, uh, would kind of look like <laughs> it's a unique style to say the least um, we also have Bennett and uh, he is one of the few adventurers that the Mondstadt Adventures Guild has always found themselves tangled up with baffing bouts of bad luck he is the only active member of his own adventure group known as Benny's Adventures Team was that all other members decided to take leave following a series of unfortunate incidents. As a result, the team is currently on the verge of being dissolved. That sounds like an interesting character. Maybe not somebody you want to have in your party. Bound with bad luck all over the place. The last character is, I believe it's called uh, Zhang Ling. And in one of the trailers that came out for it, she was a young character that was sitting on top of a statue in the forest with the staff. And that is, this is her. She is the head chef of the Wamin restaurant and also a waitress there. Well, that's not easy to do both. Zangling is extremely passionate about cooking and excels at her signature hot and spicy dishes. Although still young, Zengling is a true master of the culinary arts with all the skills of a kitchen veteran. She enjoys a good reputation among the hearty eaters of Chuhu Rock. There's absolutely no need to be nervous. If she wants you to sample her latest creation, it will not disappoint. Promise. Those are a few of the new characters that have been detailed for Genshin Impact, and I will bring them to you each week as we'll have more and more, I am sure, of that. God Eater 3 will launch version 1.5 update and we'll include the traversing the Path episode for Ein or Ein E I N. This will launch on March the twenty sixth. Bandai Namco announced this. Uh, I thought somewhere this is the last one. Yes, this is the final announced episode. So if you've been waiting for these, this may be the last one to come out for God Eater Three. You can play it on your PS four, Switch, or PC. And, of course, there was a trailer that went along with it as well. Idea Factory International will release Death End Request 2 for PC via Steam in addition to PlayStation 4 in the West when it does release in 2020. And This game came out back in February in Japan. So they're now saying that it will come out for PC as well. Whatever that is, sometime in 2020, I'll keep you posted as we hear more definitive release date for it. Autoback Traveler celebrated its 2 millionth uh, sale the other day in both uh, worldwide shipments and digital sales. Um, Of course, it came out back in July 2018 for the Switch, June 2019 for PC and to celebrate the sales milestone, the digital versions are available at 50% off on both Steam and Switch. As of right now, I did not see I did could not confirm whether the physical price had been adjusted or not. Definitely a game I would love to pick up at some point, but I definitely want it physical and I've not really seen any sort of price or even sell price on it. Um, or, well, I guess right now it doesn't really matter. I wouldn't be picking it up either way. Um, Sakura Wars, although not out here yet, the Japan version has released version 1.01 update for it. It adds the spherical Fighter for uh, Sakura, Anamaya, and various quality of life additions, improvements, and adjustments. So there is the anime Shin Shakura Wars, the animation, and um, Sakura's spiritual fighter mugen is now available um, to download and play with for it. Um, v- installing version 1.01 also applies various additions, improvements, and balance adjustments, including the addition of message log feature in conversation, the addition of a lock-on feature in battle. That seems like that should have been something available from the get-go. Key assignment changes. The ability to freely save or load from the settings. World Koi Koi Wars adjustments. Removal of share function restrictions. And they say more, although I did not see any more listed on there. So obviously, I would have to think that some of these are going to be rolled out now in Japan and they should be rolled into the final product when it comes out on, what is that? April 28th. Is that right? Yeah. April 28th here in America and the Europe, the demo is available in Japan. We've not seen the demo yet over here. Hopefully we will see that before too long over here as well. We've been getting a fair stream of, um, uh, bits and pieces about VVV Tunia. They have updated their website a couple times, and this time they're talking about the emotional overdrive and special slots um, battle systems. So here is emotional overdrive. They say you can round up enemies in one fell swoop. By defeating enemies and building up a special gauge to its maximum amount, you can activate the aforementioned emotional Overdrop. That's a, t- a timed special move that will allow you to round up defenseless enemies in one swoop. The characters that activate this mode will even put on a cute performance and deal major damage to the enemy via the cooperative duet skill. And then they talk about the special slots. You can defeat enemies and acquire items. By continuously attacking enemies in Emotional Overdrive, special slots will activate Depending on the icon the slots stop on, you can obtain consumable items, equipment, and more. You can also obtain items by defeating enemies, killing two birds with one stone. Of course, the game is due out uh, in Japan only on July 2nd on PS4. No word yet on a Western release. Uh, The website also talked about the boost battle system. Attack with high-speed movement. In battle, the four goddesses can utilize high-speed movement called boost. They fight while avoiding attacks and maintain distance from the enemies. And I believe that's because the goddesses are all um, using ranged uh, weapons. That's that's right. Yeah, they kind of works like a, a shooter more with the four goddesses. And the other ones move more up close and personal. We got uh, two updates about Fairy Tail. Um, the first one reports that Clyde Arts no Guild Arts Clive will be playable in the Fairy tale RPG developed by Gust. The latest issue of Weekly Famitsu revealed it also confirmed that both the Eclipse and Tartarus Arcs will be featured in the game. Of course the game was delayed until mid June. And uh, in that same article, it says that uh, because of this delay, that they were obviously able to make various improvements. These are the ones that they have said they've made improvements on so far. System, production, and balancing have been brushed up. Unison raids, not included in the original work, have been added. Characters have been ranked up, allowing you to focus on training your favorite characters. And the atmosphere of the setting has been enhanced. The game is due out on PS4, Switch, and PC via Steam on June 25th in Europe and Japan. The next day in North America, and they also talked about a few other, uh, quite a few other things. Um, we we'd mentioned the this fella called Guild Arts Clive. He's one of the most powerful additions to the fairytale roster to dates. He's an S-class mage who uses crush magic, which can reduce anything he touches to rubble. That sounds, sounds pretty vicious. There is the Eclipse Arc. So, In addition to the first details in the game's new Eclipse Arc, um, they have been revealed. The popular storyline revolves around Project Eclipse an experiment that opens up a gate to the past, unleashing dragons that lived over 400 years ago into the present timeline. They ask if Lucy and friends can survive a fight against the great dragon, uh, Zirconus. I don't know. Can they? Uh, they talk about the deluxe digital edition. A The version of the game has been recently revealed, boasting a special Grand Magic Games costume, a bonus... Lacrama set and a DDX Limited Riza costume for Lucy. That's pretty cool. I have to check that one out. You get the early purchase bonus. Purchasing any version of the game, physically or digitally, within a limited time from launch, will unlock the early bonus version of Miss Fairy Tail costume for um Urza. So there you go. Have, have to see i have to look a little bit more into this to see if I can find um I'm assuming they're talking about Atelier Raza. It is gust. So I don't see why it wouldn't be. I'll see if I can find that image. No. I don't see it. I don't know what they're talking about. Now they got me They got me super curious about something. With my love for Atelier Raza. And I can't. I uh, don't see anything for it. Okay. Well, let's take just a brief pause here. Um. I'm going to roll one more clip for anchor. So sit tight. And then we're going to talk about trials of mana and all the goodness that it has in store for you guys. And not too much longer here on the JRPG report. All right, everyone for our last segment of the podcast, we've been talking about trials of mana for a while. We speculated about the demo that may or may not come out. It finally has. We'll talk about the demo in just one second. They did talk a, uh, article came out which talks about the new post game ending new episode so what happens is after you reach the ending of the game you'll be able to experience a new episode the story traces back to the end of your adventure the adventurers discover a message from a certain someone in the Valcena library there they learn the existence of class 4 in order to change classes they depart for lands that have ties with them by keeping your save data after clearing the new episode, you'll be able to select New Game Plus from the main menu and play from the beginning of the game with some carried, some data carried over, including GP, regular items, link abilities, little cactus discoveries, and more more on him later. Characters that completed the new episode that were protagonists or party members will be able to carry over experience in even more episodes in New Game Plus since their clear level carries over. Light or dark, two class, two types of classes have been newly added. In addition to changing your appearance, class four has its own weapons and special attacks. Very cool stuff, and it just shows the different costumes that are available for all six characters. the uh, The uh, class design on these things is really remarkable. So they're already talking about all this stuff that you can get after beating the game. That's pretty cool. We talk, they're uh, focusing on Lil Cactus, the recurring character in the Mana series. Now, he's hiding somewhere in the world of Trials of Mana. Depending on how many times you find him, you'll receive rewards that will come in handy on your adventure. So look out for him on towns and in the field. Very cute little uh, cactus looking. Looks like if a bird had a cactus skin. And it shows a giant map with. Uh, looks like, you know, if you find him five times, you get a reward. Every five times is a different reward, and ultimately leading up to some sort of grand uh, treasure prize in the end. Trazamana is due out for PS4, Switch, and PC via Steam on April 24th. The demo came out three days ago. Um, it is. Uh, available for those three platforms and in it it allows players to at the beginning of the game um, from where the protagonist meets the party members they choose to venture with to the full meta meta hugger boss battle. Players will be able to freely choose their party combination as well as carry their saved data over to the full game when it launches. Um, When it first loads up It even, I think it says you have a level seven cap, Um, and obviously, I was wondering before I read this if it was okay. You can only play until you get to level seven. It's a time thing, so no, you can sevens the cap, and you get to the Full Metal Hugger boss battle. When you first fire it up, you pick your main protagonist. That is the story that you will follow. And then you choose your two companions. So it's not quite what I thought it was going to be. Um, like with Seventh Saga, where you uh, can actively choose your companions as you so desire. It sounds like you are setting this up from the beginning. That's going to be your party. It does outline their various strengths. give some of their background into what some of the story that you ew, can experience might be. Um. So I guess I was a little disappointed that it wasn't going to be, um, you know, you run into the characters in the town. You can choose if you want to team up with them or not. Based off that, you do choose that from the get-go. Um, I chose to go with, um, the first time I did it was with, uh, Reese. And I think my secondaries were, oh, who would I go with? Um... Angela and uh, Duran. Um, I. It's kind of hard to know how these things are all going to work out. I probably will do a run with Charlotte, having her healing abilities in there, um, and then like Kevin, the uh, the Beast King guy. He has the highest attack. Um, so anyway, the first time I played it, I went with the switch. So a little bit of background to this on vacation. We had the switch with us, obviously, because the child can't go anywhere without her switch and Minecraft on 24 seven. But luckily she does fall asleep. (laughs) And, uh, and then daddy can do some, some gaming on there. And, uh, so at night I got to check that out and I was playing it just in handheld mode. I started with Reese and did her story the first night. I found playing on the Switch to be a little more difficult than I thought it would be. Um, I don't necessarily know why. I just feel like the controls were a little bit cumbersome. I was like, okay, well maybe it's just because I'm playing in handheld I put it up on the, you know, I docked it and, and I had my pro controller and I still felt like they weren't a, that great. You can, uh, um, map out the buttons the way you would like it. However, it's limited. So like you can rearrange the face buttons. Um, but that's it. You can only change it you know, out of the four. You can change which one does what. That's it. You can't say, okay, I want attack to be R1 or R on the switch. It doesn't work like that. It has to be one of the four face buttons. Whatever, because the, the wheels open up with your trigger buttons on L and R on the switch, you can change which one does what, but you can't choose that function. And something I just don't like, and I guess it's just the way things are and people have gotten used to it and maybe they like it your run is mapped to pressing down on the uh the left tri- left stick you can change it to the right stick you can change it to where you hold down both at the same time which seems completely uh <laughs> won't work whatsoever but so that was frustrating i do not like pressing the stick down to run Anybody else with me on this one? Am I the only one? I don't know. I really would have liked to map that to a different button. Um, so in the game, your your four face punch. You have a light attack. You have a strong attack, which is you know a little more charged and does more damage. You can't do it all the time. Once you build up your meters, think building up like an atb bar, you can launch a pretty powerful special strong attack. Uh, you have a button that jumps. And you have the button that dodges. There is no block button, at least I haven't experienced that. Uh, maybe that's a something that comes along. So, in order to evade attacks, you either jump over them or jump around like an idiot, or um, you you dodge roll. Uh, think like you know Kratos and God of War or something. Um, I had to adjust which button did what because I just I found myself constantly uh pressing the wrong button and getting attacked all the time. Um you there is lock on, which I found out later that you can press um the R stick down, which will lock onto a, a target. That would have been really helpful to look there's tons of tips that pop up as you're playing it and it kind of walks you through it, and it, it is very helpful in that aspect. I probably should have paid a little more attention The exploration is really cool. Like with the jump ability, there's different levels in the towns and in the maps, and there's little items and treasure chests and pots to destroy. Those are kind of everywhere. You got kind of scrounge around for them, and that's where you get a lot of items. Like I found candy and chocolates and even cup of wishes in the treasure chests that were hidden all over town and in the castle. You just gotta kind of explore every nook and cranny, which I love doing. That's one of my favorite parts of RPGs is just exploring. Um, by far, if you, I would have to imagine a lot of players are either like myself and love Secret of Mana and are eagerly looking forward to this one, or they're younger and have no idea what this series is and are getting into it for the first time. It has that mana feel. Now I've never played uh, part three before. I don't know what the story is, but I love secret of mana. It's been a while since I played it. So when I go into town and I see the dancing merchant behind the weapons counter, it made my heart, uh, very happy. <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason to it. Why he's dancing around like a fool. But if you've played Mana before, it it makes you happy. Um, It has all those feels to it. All the elemental stuff is all there. I feel like the graphical style is an updated, accurate version of it. That first time you go in the field and you're fighting the rabbites and they are jumping and attacking with you with their big tooth, it feels right. Um, I'm still getting used to... To that combat aspect. The lock on feature will make things. Infinitely more easy. I wish there was a block. I'll be honest. I wish it was block instead of evade. Or I could do both. It is what it is. Right? What are you going to do? Uh, I really. Really like. What I'm seeing so far. The characters. Are excellent. Like the voice acting is really good. The story. The story seems to really pull you into it right away it wasn't long after i left the first part and got to like the nice town that i ran into um the next character who um was a person that i picked to be in my party so i was like oh cool i get to go talk to him they're going to join me no he was just at the shop he was just there trying to buy items just chilling not going to join my party. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty, pretty fun. Um, I'm still getting into it. And so here is what I've also discovered since I've played it a little bit. Uh, I got home last night and downloaded the PS4 version. Uh, I didn't realize kind of how poor. The Switch version looked until I fired up the PS4. And here's what it was. While I was playing it in handheld mode, it looked pretty good. Like, it looked really like a solid game. When I docked it and put it on the TV, not so much. I don't know if it's docked at 720. If it doesn't support 1080, I'll have to do a little more digging into it to find that out. But it was quite blurry and not crisp and like it had this kind of glowy effect to everything. I don't know how else to describe it. I tried to take a screenshot for you guys on the Facebook page to kind of, um, show the differences in the two. And it was just taken with my phone. I had to do an actual screenshot to really get maybe the true depth of it. But you can tell just from those two images alone that there's a difference in it Now, obviously, i got the PS4 Pro, so it's going to be a little bit better looking just by default. But I got to the point where I don't want to play the Switch on the TV. It does not look good. I was already unimpressed with the controls. And just in the very short amount of time I played on PS4, it felt a lot more natural and responsive. Um, and what's really cool is we've got our <laughs> PC uh, weatherman Dalton has, uh, he downloaded it and uh, let's see, I'll just read you his comment that he left on the Facebook page. If you've not already mm-hmm. checked it out. And uh, as Han says, oh, another fellow PC master race player, you guys in your master race. You, yeah. Anyway, uh, he says that uh, coming in on the JRPG PC forecast this week, we have Charles of Mana demo. He downloaded it on steam it was about eight or so gigabytes Pretty big file. First impressions: this game is gorgeous. His starting party, he went with uh, his main character was Duran. He had Kevin and um, and Lies as com- companions. I guess that he said Lies. Did you leave the who's Lies? Who who are you talking about? <laughs> I, I'm not. Not exactly sure. Maybe he meant to say Rise and just mistyped that one. She's the uh, Amazonian with the spear. Anyway, um, so far the game is quite fun. Combat reminds me of Nino Kony 2 a bit, which I quite enjoy. The game runs smooth and high frames per second. Perhaps a little screen uh, tearing here and there, but I'm sure this will be fixed once the game releases in full. The recreation of scenes we know and love so far have been stellar, and the nostalgia is raging. I should note, I played the fan translation of this game a few years ago, so I have a bit of a warm spot for it. Should you give it a shot? He gives it a hearty thumbs up. And he even plugs me and says, uh, stay tuned for for my thoughts, which I've tried to kind of give you guys. So it sounds like um, obviously, I mean, PC is going to be running at the best optimal as you can get. PS4 seems to be handling it quite well. I can't recommend the Switch version right now, guys. Obviously, if that's your only option, play it in handheld and see if you notice the distance, the difference that I did in between handheld and um docked mode. But download it. It's fun. Like it's a fun little game. I like the combat. I love the towns. The story is engaging. I'm going to um, play through it tonight on Angela and I will live stream that for you guys. So you can check it out on the YouTube page and see if it's something you want to get into as well. I don't have as much interest in the other characters as I did. Um, that's why I went with Angela. That's why I went with lies. Um, like I would love to have Charlotte in my party but I can't imagine playing through her as the main character. I think that'd be pretty tough. And maybe I'm wrong, but I have no interest in Kevin. I I'm sorry. And I can't get over Duran's hair. Like, it's massive. It is a massive head of hair and it it irks me to look at. It. I don't know why. If he had a haircut, I think I'd play with him in a heartbeat, being the sword user. And what is the deal? So you get to pick your character and it has the sort of mana, right? But Jurn is the only sword wielder. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. I have to figure that one out. Game comes out in April. Can't wait for it. April 24th. That's going to be my dilemma actually that I can foresee once I get done with the remake. And this one comes out. I've already pledged myself to getting Royal after I play Remake. And I got to tell you, if I had to make a choice right this instant, I might go into this game and then wait for Royal afterwards. Blasphemy, I know. But there's only so much time and there's only so much money. And that's just the way. The world is. I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on the demo as well. Do you agree with Dalton? Do you agree with myself? What's your thoughts on it? Do you have another opinion altogether? Head over to the Facebook page. Share it with us. If you're on Twitter, leave me a a post and tag us somewhere there. I'm not sure how that works just yet. But I'd love to hear from you there as well. That's going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. I told you guys it was going to be long. We're getting close to an hour here on episode 104. Hope you enjoyed last week's Sunday special. Got another Final Fantasy music one coming up for you tomorrow. And I'll have to figure out something cool to do for the next one. Something original. Maybe we'll just have some fun and chitty chat a little bit about our favorite JRPGs and the like. Thank you so much for listening in. Give us a like and follow us everywhere you go. Loved if you'd support the show as well. Listener support, it'd go a long, long way. Till next time, guys, absolutely stay safe. Um, Wash your hands. You should be doing that. Pandemic or not. That's just gross. And. (laughs) <laughs> and make sure you're playing your games. That's all that matters. I mean, go through that backlog right now. If you ain't got the funds for these games, we know we all got that backlog to play through. But until next time, we'll see you guys here again. Normal time next week. the around Wednesday or Thursday, depending on what's uh, the best day for doing a podcast. We shall see. My name is James Fisher. Thank you so much for tuning in this week and every week to the JRPG Report. This has been episode 104. Till next time, guys, get back out there and level up.